For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I can't believe it's only been a week since the Women's College World Series. It's been tough. I'm already having withdrawals. <laughs> I mean, I miss college softball. But true fans know, though, that softball really is year-round. So we have plenty more to cover, and that's what I'm here for. So some reminders for ways to keep up with the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes as well. Okay, with that said, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, hit on some news and updates in the softball world as usual. Then we'll head into today's interview, the legend that is Mike Candrea. I really don't need to say much more than that. It's just an end of an era for him to retire from coaching, and we are honored to have him on the show. And then we'll end things as usual with the foul tip of the week, our new segment this season, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. First, a quick word from our sponsor. I mean, there's a ton of exciting sports action right now, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. When we take a look back now, at NCAA softball, just a sort of year in review. There are so many stories, so many things that happened. But I feel like for me, what stuck out was a few themes. I mean, we could we could talk for months and months about this last year and season. But there was three big ones that I really want to hit on. The first one is just resiliency. I mean, between COVID-19 and all of the effects that come out of COVID and what it caused. I mean, disrupted careers for people last year, teams being separated, you know, not being on campus together, 
not a normal schedule coming back really late, right before the season, like Stanford softball didn't come back till February 4th, for example, challenges in school as well, having to go all virtual, all online classes for a while, bigger rosters, which is more people to manage for coaches, harder decisions to make, harder to find your spot sometimes too, when you have an entire class that you didn't know was still going to be there. But then you factor in the financial inequities that come with that extra eligibility being granted. Then there's the transfer portal, disrupted recruiting. I mean, I, I could just keep going on and on and on about what was ignited by COVID-19. But just, you know, take a moment, think about that chain reaction. We still saw some of the most exciting softball that we've ever seen this season. And it's the most eyes and in some ways the most support that we've ever seen for the sport. You know, Kat Osterman, when she was on the show, she really emphasized that the softball community is really resilient. It's some of the most resilient people out there because of everything we've been through from the Olympics to everything else. So resiliency was, was a huge theme this year. Still so much good softball. But I think some of that is also a credit to people just having gratitude. And I think that's just been sort of this overall sentiment from coaches to players to fans. I mean, of course, there are frustrations with some of the challenges, especially the ones I just mentioned. But people seem to be more present when they were playing softball, coaching softball, et cetera. I mean, after everything, a theme for many of the guests that we've had on the show is just such an appreciation for being able to play and be on the field and do this again. It's like a reinvigoration in some ways. And there's just nothing like going through the trenches together that will bring you closer. You know, your relationships between teammates, coaches and players, there's just a special bond that forms in those situations. And especially with something as unique as this. And I just saw that radiating from players, from teams, and especially in the postseason. I think we really saw that energy come to fruition after everything that everyone's been through. So just gratitude. The last thing I will say is I think there's a bit of a shift as well happening, not just in softball, but probably in women's sports all around. People are being more vocal. So at the same time that everyone is super grateful to, to be out there and be able to do what they love, the softball community is also evolving a bit. I think we're grateful, but leaders are also being more vocal about asking for more and for equal or better treatment than we've had in the past, more equal to what the men in other sports receive. And this is something that really popped up during the NCAA basketball tournament. So many comparisons between what the men got versus the women, especially the weight room where they only had like a little stack of dumbbells. And, and, and some of those things were rectified, but just how do we get it right the first time? And how do we be more consistent about this? Right. And so a great example is Patty Gasso, who is now a five-time national champion, the most recent one too. So this is important. Timing is important too. She's one of many who has spoken out about the improvements that are needed for how we set the NCAA bracket, but also even just the Women's College World Series conditions, you know, from the schedule itself being super packed into not very many days compared to the College World Series for the men, needing instant replay, one of the only sports that doesn't have that. They don't have locker rooms or showers at the Women's College World Series facilities at Hall of Fame Stadium that they can use or batting cages. And some of these things are really basic needs to do what they need to do to compete. So I think that it's important for people like her and just the faces of softball to stand up for the sport. And we're seeing that more. 
there has been that shift. And we broke all kinds of records in terms of TV ratings. The sport does bring in revenue now. So we, we fought to get to this point. We're grateful for the progress we've made, but we also have to keep pushing. And Mike Kendrea is one of these leaders that I'm talking about. He's just been a cornerstone of softball for decades. And even after recently announcing his retirement from U of A after this past season, he said in his press conference that it's his purpose and goal to continue to show the NCAA, the country, and the world how special the softball product is. So, and we're seeing that in his actions too. He's staying on with Arizona in an advisory role in the administration and actually coaching coaches. And he's also an advisor for Team Italy as they prepare for the Tokyo Olympics. I mean, he's getting ready to be on his way now. So this is really just an example, too, of when you have a purpose, you never really let it go. You keep at it. And he has so much insight to give. So why don't I just let him talk about it and let's head into the interview. He doesn't really need an introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. National Softball Hall of Fame coach, all-time NCAA leader in wins, eight-time national champion over 36 years at the University of Arizona, legendary leader of Team USA to two Olympic medals, mentor, basically the father of softball, Mike Candrea. Coach, thank you Good for joining. Good yes. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's, it's really, really exciting for me. I mean, I, I can't even express it to you. And I was thinking about it, too, after, after that intro. I just realized, is your entire wardrobe just red, white, and blue? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got some golf apparel that I kind of waver out a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots of red, white, and blue, that's for sure. Pretty convenient, though. I mean, U of A, U Team USA works. Yeah. Good colors. Keep it simple. <laughs> I like it. Well, let me just start off by asking you, I mean, how are you feeling after the World Series, your retirement announcement, so many things going on. How are you doing? Well, it's been an emotional roller coaster, to say the least. You know, um, uh, getting back to Oklahoma City was um, a lot of fun. And, you know, i got to thank our players and staff for doing such a great job this year through, through some really tough times, you know, with the pandemic. And we were just happy being on the field. You know, at the end of the day, for the first time in a long time, I just think these players were happy to be able to do what they love to do and let's play softball. So everything else was gravy after that. And um, we had a great year. You know, we had a, a, a really good group of seniors, um, seven super seniors and a really good group of freshmen and people in between. And um, it was just one of those years from a coaching standpoint where it's just fun. Every day you look forward to going out there and, and being on the field with them. So feel very, um, very blessed. Um, you know, it was uh, difficult getting back and going through the exit interviews with all of our players and lots of tears. But uh, Tuesday when we had our press conference and then uh, Wednesday when Caitlin was announced, things started settling down a little bit. And um, just just really happy with where we're at right now. And, you know, it's time to turn the, the page, um, you know, but the, the next chapter is going to be fun. I'm going to be doing some work. Uh, with our athletic department, um, doing some coach mentoring and some other things and um, being able to catch up with family and friends, which to me is something that I've missed um, for my entire career. It's very tough being a coach and spending time with other people's kids and your own. And so looking forward to that and and then playing a lot of golf. Uh, that's my other passion. So uh, finally, I'll get a chance to work on that and see what I can do. Okay, so I'm assuming you're good at golf. 
Like I have a question because for me, I'm terrible. Let's just put it that way. Like whether I'm doing it righty or lefty, like both yeah. are the same basically. And I, for me, it's like, there are just these slight adjustments in the golf swing from the softball swing that make it hard for me. And I feel like a lot of my friends, it's either they're, if they played softball or baseball, they're either really good or they're really bad, but it seems like you're good. So can you well, tell me I, a secret? <laughs> yeah, no, I've been playing for a long time and, and golf and, and, and the swing is they're, they're quite similar. Um, they're both, uh, the kinetic link and they unwind from the bottom up. Um, but golf, you think it would be easier because the ball's just sitting there. Um, but truthfully, the tough part is that you're initiating the, the move. Right. And so to be able to repeat that move, um, I have found to be very, very difficult. Um, and I admire the pro golfers, how they can sit there and hit a hundred balls and, and square them up every time. Um, but it's a challenge. It's a very humbling sport. Um, I love the mental part of it, trying to stay where your feet are, you know, and t- playing it one shot at a time. Um, but um, from usually what I hear is baseball players want to grip it and rip it. And um, in golf, it's not quite like that. You know, you have to have um, some tempo. And and the, the easier you swing, the, the, the better results you get. So it takes some time. You know, I'm I'm teaching my wife right now how to play, and so that's that's a challenge yeah. uh, in itself. But it's been a lot of fun. Well, I think family coaching family in any aspect, no matter what yeah. it is, always a challenge. Like my dad Absolutely. coached me for many years, so I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's it's a challenge, but it's it's fun to be able to spend time together. And you yeah. know, I figured if I was going to retire and play a lot of golf, I better have her um, involved in that, or else she'd be sitting at home and I'd be playing all the time. So. We look forward to traveling around and playing some nice golf courses and enjoying some golf vacations uh, along the way. Yeah, well, like I said before we jumped on, could not be more well-deserved for you to be Thank able to, to do that and have some of that time. Although I know you're you're going to still be doing some work with the yeah. University of Arizona and with softball in general. So it seems kind of like classic that you're retiring from coaching, but you're not really stopping at least what your purpose is. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had a passion uh, for this sport forever. Uh, the bat and ball game is, I think when I was in a crib, I, I grabbed a bat and a ball and I've had it ever since. And so I don't want to leave it. Um, but I think there are some times and challenges right now. Um, you know, it's, it's a young person's game and it takes a lot of energy and uh, a lot of commitment. And then the recruiting process right now, I'm just not real tickled with. Um, so I, if there's anything that I, I kind of feel blessed is I don't have to go out and recruit anymore <laughs> and, and deal with that. But um, it's been fun, you know, and, and I think this next chapter will allow me to do some things that I've, I've always wanted to do and do it on my own time. So it's a win-win. Yeah, it really is. And I've never done the actual recruiting, but as somebody who grew up going to the tournaments every single weekend to participate in the recruiting um, it, it is a lot of time. Like sometimes I look back and I'm like, I don't know how my parents worked all week and then did that every weekend. So it's, let alone it's, when it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. And you know, the one thing people don't realize is, is our, the profession that we're in it's 12 months, you know, it's, you, you oh, yeah. never get a break. You're either competing, preparing to compete or you're recruiting. And if you're not doing that, you're going to fall behind. So, um, it, it takes a strong commitment. It takes someone that really has a passion for the sport to be good at it and do it right. It does. And I think the entire softball world has made it very clear, especially as you announce your retirement, 
how much of an impact you've had throughout that entire process. But something that stuck out to me was actually that moment at the World Series where you kind of stayed behind in the dugout and seemed to be soaking it in. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Well, you know, it's it's a moment in time that you never really prepare for. And, um, um, you know, one, I, I guess one of the great things is, is um, number one, being talked into going into softball. I thought I was going to be a baseball coach, but falling in love with it and, and then falling in love with the athletes and being able to be a part of their life forever. Um, it just seemed like there was a, um, a curtain that was being pulled very slowly, you know, and, and I, it was hard to, to believe that that was it. I mean, that was, you talk about it and you try to prepare yourself for it, but you know, yesterday I was watching Paul Maneri, um, uh, with LSU and he was going through some of the same moments, you know, it was his last game. He had announced his retirement and it's, it's really hard because you, 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 you say you're not going to tear up, but my gosh, it's just, it's, it hits you. And um, I guess that's um, a blessing knowing that, that you care so much about something and, and you've enjoyed it so much. It, it's, it's kind of a celebration, but it's been hard to celebrate because it, it's sad, you know, yeah. um, when I did my uh, press conference, I told my wife that morning that I felt like I was, that I was um, speaking at my own funeral, <laughs> you know, for some yeah. reason, it just, there was that moment where you just, God, you just. You, you, you don't want to let go, but um, on the other hand, you're, you're very excited about, um, you know, the, the career being done and, 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 you know, you, you hope you've done it right. And you hope you've impacted some people. And I think the biggest thing was all the former players that came back to, to be involved in that press conference was just um, unbelievable. The Laura Espinosa's and, you know, Jenny Schellers and, Jane Dougal's and Stephanie Stanley's. And I mean, all the people that were here when I first got here, um, it's just, um, it's been fun. You know, it's a family and it's when you, when you lose someone in your family, it hurts. And I think, you know, for me, it was just, uh, you, you never really planned this and, and you never think it's going to happen. And I remember when my dad turned 40, I thought he was old, you know, and here I am, you know, 65 and, and um, really what hit me, uh, to be honest with you, is one day I was sitting right here in the office and pulled out this little tape measure. Don't know why I did it, but I was thinking about my dad. And I said, uh, you know, my dad was, he was a jazz musician and lived a good life, but he died at 76. So I, I pulled 76 inches out of this. Then I took away the 65 that I was and I'm going, you know, that's what I got left. And it, it, it was a perspective on life, you know, and it really kind of made me think a little bit that I, I do need to do some catching up because yeah, one of the tough parts of being a coach as a profession is you spend more time with other people's kids than your own. Yeah. And uh, I've gone through some really difficult times in my life, some highs and some lows, but truthfully, that's the jubilation right now is knowing that I'm going to be able to have the time to go see my grandkids play and catch up with the family and then catch up with friends that I haven't been able to spend time with. So there's always something good that comes out of everything. Of course. And I even remember you saying in your press conference too, like you'll get to go see some other practices, other games yeah. at yes. U of A. Cause you don't get to do that. I mean, you're busy. You don't get to yes. do that while you're, you're, you're coaching. Absolutely. So that'll be great. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Speaking of your family too, I actually met your son, Michael, oh, did you? way back when. This was, I mean, I'm trying not to age myself, but oh well. <laughs> um, this was back when he was coaching an assistant at University of the Pacific with yep. Ryan Colsey. And I yeah. was being recruited by them. And I remember I went on a visit. And I actually, I don't know if he would remember this, but I remember getting to chat with him while some of the players were going through some hitting drills and stuff. And I think they were getting ready to play you guys too at the really? time. And so he was pretty fired up about playing dad, you know? Oh, but... that might've been. Yeah. I've got a picture <laughs> of me and him at home plate, you know, exchanging lineup cards. And uh, he was over yesterday. In fact, him and I played golf together yesterday, um, but he is still very passionate about the sport and doing hitting lessons up in the Phoenix area. And, very, very proud of him and his love for the game. Yeah. Well, what I think is really cool about both of you and your son, too, is just, you know, like you said, you thought you were going to be coaching baseball, right? But then mm-hmm. you kind of fell in love with softball. But I, for one, I think it's awesome that there are so many female college coaches. But I also think it's important that we have men be invested in a women's sport like this as well and you were from the early days I mean this is why I called you the father of softball because I was like I don't really know how else to summarize it right (laughs) um but that that's really important and I I guess I want to say thank you for that yeah no it is and and I, I I feel really um blessed to be able to have watched the game grow and and to watch a lot of these um young ladies now that are coaching um, being able to be in the game at the right time when the information was really good and, you know, they're, they're ready. I mean, and there, there's no doubt that there's some benefits of, uh, of having a female coach, but, but yes, I, I hope that there's males that stay around and be a part of this game because it's such a good game. You know, it's, um, I was at our baseball game last night and, and the cats, uh, are going to Omaha and we're excited about that. But just to sit there and watch a game, it was, in fact, it was Saturday's game. It just took forever, you know, and it's like three hours and you're in the fifth inning. And that's what I always loved about softball, man. It's so quick. And, um, and, and, and you, get, you guys play the game at such a high level. And to me, that's the one thing that I was always amazed with is how good our athletes really are in this game. And, and I think right now the coaches are the same way, um, you know, very good leaders, um, very good communicators, understand the game. Um, and I think a lot of that has just been because of the growth of the sport. And, and um, you know, our sport has grown so darn much. I mean, look at the College World Series now and look at the, um, the attendance and the coverage. And I'm just hoping right now that we can continue to, to grow the sport, you know, each and every day because it is a very special sport. And right now I'm kind of fighting with um, another venture and that's a little equity, you know, with um, baseball and softball. And, and so I think the future is very bright. I think you're going to see more and more females that are going to be taking over some of these storied programs. And I'm so happy for Caitlin. I think Caitlin is just, she's been a superstar all her life. And, and so why not be a superstar in coaching? And um, so um, I was, I, I'm very happy for her and I'm glad I get to stay around and watch it. A thousand percent. I mean, I, maybe you've already been informed of this, but I, I feel like I still have to say it anyway. The fact that with her being named the head coach, Pac-12 has all female head coaches yeah. now, but not only that, the, the extra layer that I think is so awesome is that six out of nine of them are actually alums at their alma maters, including Caitlin. Yes. So th- that's incredible. And I think that goes back to 
these women having these great experiences and doing what they did as players, but having people like you along the way to mentor them to where they want to go down this path and they come back and they pay it forward. That part's like the cherry on top to me. Uh, that's, that's said very well. Yes. And I know this last year I was on zoom calls, you know, with our conference and I'm going one day I looked and I'm going, geez, I'm the only male in this <laughs> entire call. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. And, you know, I've always been a believer that you, you hire the best and, and, it just so happens now that, that some of our very best are, are females and they're going to do a great job. So the, the sport's in great hands. And I, I look forward to the next chapter of uh, college softball and w- what it has to bring to all of us. Yeah. I know you've, you've talked about this a bunch because it's come up a bunch. I mean, so many alums showed up to the Women's College World Series. So many yep. alums are just around anyway. Like I, I remember earlier in the beginning of the season, I interviewed Calista Balco. and was talking to her about her experience and she talked a lot about your competitiveness too which was not surprising i mean you've you've always seemed at least from my perspective as somebody who played against you at stanford you know like pretty cool calm collected but um she was also saying you know how but you still got after it you know you were also like firm when you felt like things needed to be pushed and that that's a hard balance to strike it is you know and, and and my whole goal with um you know as i got older um, I realized that there's, you can only control so many things, but there's two things I wanted our kids to control this year. And that was to be competitive. So competitive at bats, competitive pitches, you know, competitive on defense. And then the other thing is having fun. Yeah. I think that's, that's so important um, because they play better when they're having fun, you know? And I think too many times you look at young kids growing up and they, they look like it's a job and they look like, they're, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. And um, that's the one thing that I've always wanted because the reason why I stayed in the game for so long is because I loved it, right? I had a passion for it. It was fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be coming to work every day. Right. And so um, I think that's a big part of it. And um, just always blessed to watch competitive athletes that that get it. They, they, they have the physical skills. They have the mental skills, the emotional skills, because our game is tough. Yeah. I mean, we play a game of failure, and a lot of it is the six inches between your ears that you have to be able to control. And so the one thing that I really realized is, you know, when I was a young coach, I used to think that my life revolved around whether I won a championship or not. And I had to kind of redefine my success, and it really kind of fell to preparing kids for life after softball. And part of that is knowing how to compete because when you get in the real world, you're going to have to compete, you know? And so um, there's a lot of great lessons that come from this game and it's just been a lot of fun to watch this game grow so darn much. Well, that piece of it really resonates with me because I definitely, I could relate to you saying like you sort of blow through the victories and agonize over the defeat. Right. Like that's how I was even to the littlest thing, like one at bat at a time, one pitch even. (laughs) And I didn't really like figure it out and have it click for me, at least hitting wise until my senior year to where Mm -hmm. I kind of did what you're talking about. I mean, this is on a smaller scale, but just decided to enjoy it and just know and trust myself a little bit more, maybe too. like, hey, you did the work now, just let things unfold. And and that's a that's a tough lesson. But to your point, I still I use it in everything. My that's my career beautiful. now. Yeah. And I mean that's that's thanks to softball. But it's yep. 
easier said than done, but it's definitely a beautiful part of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, what's fun to watch them grow into the game. And, and, and that's a big part of it, you know, is, is realizing that you can only control what you can. And at the end of the day, you're going to have good at bats. You're going to have bad at bats, but you know, it's, it's how you respond to them and you have a choice. Yeah. And I know one thing about life is you better find a way to be positive because uh, if you don't, um, you're going to be miserable. And right. I learned a long time ago that I have that choice. When I get up in the morning, I can have a great day or I can have a bad day. Yeah. And so I think the more you control the controllables um, in life, um, the better off you're going to be. Right. I heard something recently where people were saying, you know, life's hard. Everything's hard. But choose your hard. You know, do you want to be miserable and have that be hard or do you want to be positive and do the things you need to do? to choose that hard. Right. And it's, it makes That's sense. Outstanding. Yeah. yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the amount of players that you've had come through, I know so many of them and you've talked about this a lot with regard you as a second father, um, the text messages you send all your former players on their birthdays. I mean, that, that's wonderful. I'm for me, it's like, I always think of, you know, the school you choose to go to and play for, it's a lifetime decision. In, in a lot of ways, you said it, it's a family. And a lot of people say, oh, we're a family here. That's said a lot, but to actually do it is another thing. So to hear so many testimonials, you know, from your former players where they basically said, no, this is real. You know, this, he, this, I can attest, this really happens was really, really cool. Well, that's, um, I, I thank you for that. And that, that that's, you know, I've always kind of looked at it as it's 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 an honor for me to be the gatekeeper of this program, and and part of you know opening and closing the gate is protecting the family and the family unit. And I don't know any. I mean, I grew up in an Italian household, and it was all about family, right? You know, and every weekend it was all the family together, and um, and so when I started coaching, that's that's all I knew, yeah. and. Um, people always ask what, what, you know, what's your philosophy? And I said, well, the biggest thing for me is that I want kids to know that I care about them as an individual, because I realized a long time ago that I used to think I could change every kid. And I realized that I, you know, I really can't. I mean, there's, when you get kids of high character, um, you've got a better chance of them being successful, but you have to, you have to make the person better to make the athlete better. Mm -hmm. Uh, versus trying to make the athlete better and not worrying about the person. So I'm, I've always been a people person. And I, you know, at the end of the day, when they walk out of here, there's one thing I want them to know is that I cared about them and, and that I'm going to be in their life forever. And so when I get to go to all these weddings and watch their families grow, I mean, yesterday I'm sitting at home and I got a call from um, Teresa Ayub, who played for me many, many years ago. And her and her husband were speaking at a, con a convention here and they wanted to stop and just say hi. And I mean, to me, that is just, you know, those are emotional moments when, you know, a kid hadn't played for you for 20 years, but they, they, they want to come by and say hi and see you and give you a hug. And so at the end of the day, that's, that was always my thing on whether I was doing my job or not was the response I got from these players. Yeah, that's that redefining what success is that yep. you were talking about, right? That's great because it's – what's that Maya Angelou quote where it's like people will forget what you said, what you did, but they won't forget how you made them feel, you know? Exactly. It's so true. We all feel that way, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. 
But then I have to also talk about the fact that all the coaches who also learned so much from you and look to you as a mentor. I mean, Lonnie Alameda, Patrick Murphy, the list, the list is un, unbelievable, but what stick stuck out to me a lot too, is when Patrick Murphy, I mean, he said you were the gold standard of college softball, which I think no one would disagree with, but the fact that he also said that you have stayed current, you know, mm. throughout your 36 years, that's important because I always feel like, you know, this is a game of adjustments that we yeah. play but, you know, coaches have to adjust too, right? Like not just players, like all of it is the game evolves and we have to adjust. So from your perspective, I guess, how'd you do it? What, how are you able to stay current? Well, it's a matter of survival. I mean, it's, I think anything that you do, I, I have a quote, um, nothing stays the same. It gets better. It gets worse. <laughs> and I've always lived with that, you know? And so um, I've always been a student of the game, so I've always you know, I've never sat around and gone, geez, I know everything about this game because I, you, you never will. Yeah. But I always enjoyed um, picking the brains of other people. And sometimes it's just saying it differently. It may be the same concept, but I've always been that person, you know. And so I always felt like we had to kind of reinvent ourselves because if we stayed the same, we we're going to fall behind. And um, to me, I think that is a very big part of, of the job that we're in right now is to to be able to move along with the times and, you know, today's world with the technology involved and the analytics involved. That's the reason why you have to realize that to be successful, you have to surround yourself with a village of people because you can't do it all. Right. And so to me, the thanks goes to the, the former assistant coaches and staff that I've had the chance to work with, because you, if you don't have those people, then it's hard to do what you just said right. because it, it's, it's ongoing all the time. And so I always like to have an influx of young in, into my program, you know, young coaches. I also, also wanted coaches that didn't want to just be a yes person and tell me, you know, what I want to hear. I want them, what, what can you bring to this program to help us stay current? Right. And to me, that's a big part of hiring people is, is, you know, I, I want people that bring something different. And there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And, and there's a lot of ways that people are successful. And and so I think the the nicest part is, is being able to figure out what's going to work with this group of athletes because every team changes. And right. um, so that's the challenge. And if you don't stay current and you don't, you don't try to continue to be better, um, you're going to fall behind and you're not going to last very long. So I'm glad I was able to do it. You know, I, I didn't really know I was doing it. Um, it's just kind of the way life is. You know, you get up in the morning and go, what, what do I have to do today to be better? And we tell our kids, you know, um, every day we want them to be 1% better. And um, as a coach and as a father, as anyone, that's, that's a good way to live. If you can be 1% better every day in something that you do, then you got a chance of, of, of being successful. And to me, that was there, there was no question about that um, because I loved it. I, I, I always tell people I've never worked a day in my life because I'm doing what I love to do. And I really mean it. I've, I, I've never, ever dreaded coming here to go to work. And um, so I, I have to thank a lot of people for that. The, the village that I've had has been huge. And, and the one thing I realized when I started coaching is I really wanted to 
be able to take care of the little people because they're the ones that make things happen. And so I, you know, the maintenance guy that works on my field is as important part of our program is anyone else. And I think if you live life that way, everyone wants to feel good and everyone sometimes needs someone to tell them that they appreciate them, you know, and right. it's not that hard to do yet. Sometimes we get in that submarine or we get our blinders on and we forget about it. And right. so hopefully I, you know, that's the one thing I've always wanted to do is I wanted to be competent. So I, I wanted to be a, a hard worker at continuing to learn the game and get better at the game. I wanted to be consistent. Um, and the reason for that is I want a kid to know when they walk through my door, they're going to get the same guy every day. And then the third thing is I want wanted people to know that I cared about them. Yeah. And so I think those three things um, are pretty important if you're going to strive for success. And, and like I said, it takes a village and you're not going to do it by yourself. So yeah, kind of like a marriage, you know, you, some good days, some bad days, but you, you, you got to work at it. And they always say happy wife, happy life. And you know, that's pretty true. So yeah, I've heard the same way with our players. Oh, a hundred percent. I've heard people say that too. Like, it's actually not 50-50, whether it's a marriage or whether it's, you know, you as a coach of players, it's a hundred and a hundred, right? Like yeah. everyone's given a hundred percent. And this is, this is what that reminds me of. So I always file that away for when the day comes Very for good. me. <laughs> That's that Stanford education you got. Yeah. And I take a lot of notes. I do take a lot of notes. <laughs> Very good. Very good. But I mean, yeah, I've, you... I've got a whole collection of notes. Um, I'm, I'm a pack rat and I've got binders and, and, and file drawers and, I've got stuff from when I first started coaching in 76 and most of the handouts were mimeographed, you know, they, they're yeah. dittos. And, um, it's, it's kind of fun to go back and look at some of that stuff because the game really hasn't changed, but a lot of it is, is how it's being said, the verbiage and, mm. uh, and, and, and then the tools that we have today, you know? Right. Well, so yeah, that, that's the part too. It's like, I want to pick your brain about the game itself too, in the sense of, it's like everything has changed. It's still the, kind of like what you said, still the same game, yeah. but everything has changed at the same time. It's this kind of yeah. weird feeling that we have um, from maybe your early days of coaching or even, even the 90s when Arizona yeah. softball was really just so dominant too, to now. It's like, what, I guess what sticks out the most to you in terms uh, of technology? I think... Um, yeah just the, you know, we live in an information age right now. And one of the tough things is I always ask kids, you know, why do you do what you do? So the one thing I want them to be able to do is connect the dots. I want them to know why we're teaching what we're teaching so that when they get into that information age, they have to understand that there's information is power, but good information and bad information you have to be able to decipher. Right. Because, um, there's so much of it out there. And, and you know, it's, it's like golf. You know, if you're taking lessons from 10 different people, it, 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 it's a mess. And yep. same thing with hitting. You know, I think you have to understand the principles and why it's so important for these particular things to happen. And then the rest of it is can be creative. You know, right. it's, it's, it's up to you. But that's the fun part about this sport. And then you know, I go back in the 90s, like you were talking, we, we didn't have a lot of video. So we didn't have a lot of games on TV. So people couldn't really scout you um, the way they are today. Today, they know where every kid's going to hit a ball. 
you know, 70% of the time. Um, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. And so it's been kind of fun to watch that. Um, but on the other hand, I think sometimes we can, we can over exaggerate some of that information because the game is still, you know, it's, it's still 60 foot bases. It's still a diamond, you know, you have to have equal spacing. And at the end of the day in hitting, you have, it's timing. You have to, you know, if you can get on time and you can hit through a long zone, you're going to hit. Right. So it's fun. It's fun to hear all the different little twists that people put on it. And a lot of times it's trying to sell a video here and there, you know, trying to get their own little um, special secret sauce or whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, everything that I know I've borrowed from someone else. So it's, that's the, that's the greatest part about this game. You know, the information. I'm so glad you said that too, because like I said, senior year, when things started to actually click for me, it was that really, again, on a smaller scale, but just there's so many different sources of information kind of taking from each person, trying it, whatever felt right and worked for me, taking that and putting it together and making it my own. But, you know, as a freshman, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try this. You know, and it's just you're it's too much. Right. But eventually you kind of get that feel. And that's that's really what it is. So even. Yeah, I still use that today, you know, at work. Usually, you, anything. you know, 90% of the time in hitting, when you struggle in hitting, it usually goes back to timing or you're not seeing the ball well. Right. Your swing's not going to change that much. You know, so is, are you swinging at good pitches, but are you on time? Are you in a hitting position on time? And are you seeing the ball? Right. Now, I always go back to that. A lot of times kids will not see the ball at release. Therefore, they're searching for the ball and wonder why they're not having success or why they can't be disciplined. And there's just so many factors in our game that are just so difficult. I mean, I guess that's why the best hitters get a hit three out of 10 times, right? Right. So you better learn how to handle failure and um, you better have a good process that you understand and know. Um, Because to me, that's when you get in trouble is when you start dabbling and you start changing things. And unfortunately, most people will change mechanics. And truthfully, your mechanics, by the time you're a senior, the reason why you're successful is because you've been able to slow the game down. Right. You know, you've got more confidence. You're probably you're probably um, more consistent with what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know how to handle the chatter that goes in and out of these ears. Right. Because the distractions that you have as an athlete are unbelievable. I used to watch the Olympians and I'd say, what makes these 15 girls so special? You know, because they're all kind of different. Right. And so, yeah, they're great players, but there's a lot of great players around. Right. And what I came up with is, is their emotional stability. You know, they, they never got too high, never got too low. They struck out big deal. You know, they were, their response was always in a positive, productive way. And that's when you're young, you know, and you're a freshman, you come in here and you're used to having all this success in high school and travel ball. It's the first time you're having to deal with not being able to be successful. And uh, like Janelle Miono, our, our little left fielder, you know, her freshman year, she was, she was in the bottom of our order and, and she was very up and down and, could not make good adjustments. The game just got quick on her. And this year, 
wow. Right. I mean, this, this, she looked like a mature, a mature woman playing the game all of a sudden. And so yep. that's, that's what's fun to see is that maturity, that game maturity. Right. And to your point, that is, you take care of the person first so that that yep. actually improves the athlete, but those lessons and being able to go through that, that she'll take that with not only the rest of her career, but the rest of her life to Absolutely. know like, Hey, look what I overcame. That's why yep. I do that all the time. Sometimes I'll be like, Hey, whatever's going on in my life seems really hard. Hey, but I got through this back then, so I can do this now, you know? Well, that's what life's all about. You know, it's, you, you think um, it's hard to hit a curveball, but wait till you get the curveballs in life and, and you have to handle things that, you know, you, you'll you have a choice whether you can go this way or you can go this way. And it's right when, when you have control over yourself and, and, and the choices that you make, and a lot of times it's just the choices of being positive, um, knowing that you can find a solution instead of worrying about the problem and thinking about the problem, you know, that's, that's the toughest part about growing up. You know, my dad, I remember my dad, his lesson to me was when I left for college, he handed me 20 bucks, said, good luck. And I thought, God, he's the meanest guy in the world. And, you know, like for first I said, is this this for today? And he goes, no, that, that's it. Yeah. You're on your own. You're going to learn how to sink or swim and yeah. we'll be there when you fall to pick you up. But on the other hand, you're going to have to learn what it's going to take to be successful. And, you know, I had um, two wonderful kids and I gave them everything I didn't have in, as a kid. And sometimes it took forever for them to understand the value of the dollar <laughs> because dad was always there to bail them out. So there's a lot of life lessons, you know, and it, it, it never ends. It never ends. So um, just been blessed to do something that's so much fun. And, and I think at the end of the day, it's just watching young kids grow. Yeah. Young women grow um, into powerful women that it's just so exciting, you know, and that's, that's one neat thing about being at a place for as long as I have been is because I, I I'm, I'm an active part of that tradition. You know, a lot of times you go somewhere and you know that they've got great tradition, but if you haven't been there, you really don't know. Right. But, I mean, I'm so connected to them that it's it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me as a coach you know i don't even think about the numbers i think about the people right yeah well and that's that's stability too for even for alumni like that's you know we talked about that how they all come back but that's a big thing even for me you know as an alum it was so great when we had one of our other alums, you know, and Jessica Allister come back to Stanford right. and you kind of, she gets it, you know, she knows the she, and she helped build it. Right. And anytime right. any program has that, that's going to be fantastic. Let alone if it's for 36 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, I, I, I really like the coaches that we have in the pack right now. And it's going to be fun to watch, you know, watch them all from a different viewpoint for me. And that's, I, I I'm I, I'm not not watched many Pac-12 games from the stands, but yeah, um, I'm sure I will enjoy it, and it, it should be fun. And um, the game's in such a good place right now. I'm just so excited, and yeah. I, I really believe it's it's right at the point where the seams could burst right now. But we need a little help. Um, we need a little help from the NC2A yeah. to put it on that pedestal where it needs to be. And um, I think the nice thing about this year is it seems like people are becoming more vocal about their feelings and 
women's basketball, I thought was a, a big step for for college athletics. And so now the NCAA is looking at things and saying, hey, you know, one of the comments I made at the World Series was, I love the growth that this sport has made. I said, this facility is improved tremendously. Um, television coverage has improved tremendously. But I hate to tell you, one thing that hasn't improved is how you treat the student athletes. The talent that all these people are coming to watch. Right. It's just, I mean, the schedule is, is packed in. Um, there's a lot of little things, but hopefully we can accomplish some things to take a strong look. And, you know, we want these, we want to be able to play our best softball at the College World Series. Well, you shouldn't be playing doubleheaders. You right. should, you should have some days off if you can, you know. Well, not um, to mention middle of the night games. Oh, 2 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and then get up for a COVID test at night. Come on. Yeah. So that's going to be fun. And I guess as I've gotten older now, my I've, I've lost the filter. You know, and and um, so I think people know that I've lost the filter, so they they're gonna probably throw me out there and say, "Go ahead, go get after it," and I will. But I think it's a good thing. To your point, like the just people being more vocal. Actually, when when the seedings came out this year, for example, you know, as a Pac-12 alum and someone who covers softball on Pac-12 Network, I was like, "Come on!" And I was hoping that some Pac-12 coaches. And honestly, in my head, I was like, "I hope Candrea says something about this," just because obviously you're cornerstone of the Pac-12 at that point right and you did and then yeah. so did others right and I was like really happy about it just because you know we, we have to be able to do that it's it's such a balance because it's like we've come so far as a sport and everybody's grateful for that and celebrates that but we don't want to stop here you know like we, right. we do want to still keep going so we have to still push and it's and, not and because we're ungrateful. It's because we right. You know. And there's some awareness that I think people just don't understand. For instance, I was just at the Super Regionals here in Tucson for baseball, and they're using um, instant replay. Right. For they're example. using challenges now. Why weren't we using challenges at the College World Series to get it right? Right. You know. So there's a lot of little things, and I, I just yeah, I don't know whether it's just people on committees not being aware of what it's supposed to look like or overlooking the things that are important to the student athlete, um, whatever it is, we just, it's a good time right now to get our arms around it and say, you know, this, this game deserves more. And, um, it's, it's, it's not a matter of money right now. It's just a matter of being aware that we need to right. change some things. So right. I hope it happens. I would imagine that just the fact that it's finally back in the Olympics will also just help the yeah. sport as a whole <laughs> because yeah. we've all been waiting so long and Tell just, it, it. Hey, I mean, yeah, I've, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even think I'm preaching to the choir. I feel like I'm preaching to the preacher when it comes to that. Right <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, you. boy, You're looking at one guy here. That's so glad that we get a chance to get redemption on that silver medal. And um, yeah, it's been tough. I mean, for them to come in in 2008 and say, hey, your sport's out of the Olympics, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and it's taken us some time to recover from that. So this this is a big moment. I hope Japan, uh, I, I hope there's no more challenges that we have to worry about. I hope that games go on. Um, but that's just a remarkable experience, you know, to represent your country and listen to the national anthem. On foreign soil, I mean, it was, you talk about tears, it's, 
pretty special. And so I'm looking forward to this group of athletes going back there and competing. Should be fun. Well, that's the other piece as well. We talked about all the Arizona alums who were just, you know, so emotional about you retiring. But not only that, it's all the people who played for you with Team USA as well. You know, like Natasha Watley, Jessica Mendoza, like all these other players as well. So that's that's the part, too, that I don't think can be overstated when it's like, yes, I mean, amazing, unbelievable impact at Arizona. But like, let's look at globally with international softball as well. And I think it's also very, very important. So people know it, but I just need to remind yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's, um, yeah, the more I, I, I guess sometimes when you're in it and you're just doing it and you, you, you don't think about any of this stuff. And then when you start, you start reading emails or text messages from people about how you've impacted them and you don't even realize it. It's kind of like, wow. You know, this is really what I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to do things the right way and I wanted to impact people. I wanted to help grow the game. And sometimes when you're in the process, you never know right. whether you're doing it or not. And and so it was a big confirmation for me that it made me really feel very good and very blessed that that um, the mission was accomplished and it, it was done right. And so I thank the good Lord that I was able to do it for 47 years, to be honest with you, you know, right. started coaching in 76 yep. um, baseball and um, never thought that it would come to this point, but I'm sure happy about it. Well, it really is an art to balance the kind of be where your feet are, focus on the yeah. task at hand, yeah. but then also zoom out and look at the big picture at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to do, but I mean, now I think you're kind of getting that chance to yeah. to do that a little bit more, which is nice. And it, it gets a little easier as you get older. You know, I think that's once you, once you kind of feel like you've established yourself a little bit, then it's really easy to kind of take the blinders off and, and, and see the big picture. And it's, it's like I tell our athletes, you know, freshmen come in and unfortunately they've got blinders on because they're worried about their position and their performance. And, and I said, you know what, you can take a lot of pressure off yourself by just looking at the big picture. Right. And that's what's fun to watch as they mature and grow. Um, they have a tendency to be able to see the big picture. And um, to me, I think that's fun to watch. With that being said, would you have any advice for the current Team USA and coaching staff as they get ready for Tokyo? Well, I think they're, um, they are a very special group because of the, the, the preparation uh, model that they've had to use um, is probably not um, the best um, through this pandemic. They've had to do whatever they could to get together. Um, you know, when I was coaching that team, we had pretty good funding through the USOC and uh, from the tour. Um, and a lot of that was taken away. So um, I think this group is, they're resilient. I think that's what's going to get them through it because they've had to get through this time when we were thrown out of the Olympics and, you know, you had to make a decision that you were going to stay in that USA program and give up a lot um, to, to be a part of that and wear that uniform. So I think they're very resilient. They've got a lot of pride and I think they're talented, you know, and I'm, I'm it's going to be fun to watch, you know, Kat come back and Monica come back and, the impact they can have on that. But um, I think at the end of the day, we know 
um, that they're very hungry to bring back that gold medal. So I just hope that there's there's no obstacles in the way that we can make it happen. And it'll be interesting to see because, you know, one of the neatest um, experiences for me was being in the Olympic Village yeah. and seeing all these athletes, you know, walking around and eating in the cafeteria. And, and I, I'm anxious to see what that's going to look like because I'm sure it's going to be a little bit different. Right. But, but once they put on the uniform and, and then there's only six teams instead of eight. Right. So that's a little different. But once they put the uniform on, get in that Olympic arena, I, you know, you just got to trust yourself and know that you've done the body of work and um, go out and have fun and compete. Right. Yeah. Same thing we do at this level. Very true. And actually, speaking of the body of work, I remember when I had Natasha Watley on the show, she was talking about how intense infield practice was. <laughs> I think her and Lovey Jung were both talking about how your practice, like yeah. your ground balls were no joke. Um, and I, I appreciate that, though, because, I mean, I don't know if you agree, but I feel like the game today, at least at the college level, has gone so a little bit more towards hitting and oh. defense, not not as sharp overall, yeah. like if we're if we're being honest. And so I appreciate the focus on defense. I'm more of a defensive purist in that way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to pitch. That, that will never change. That's why there's that circle around that pitcher um, in our game. But you have to be able to play great defense. And you have to have timely hitting, you know. And it's funny when I talk to high school coaches and travel ball coaches, the one thing I tell them is that, you know what, hitting is going to take the longest for you to improve. Defense, base running, it's an attitude. And if you put an emphasis on it, you're going to win a lot of ball games by that. And I just – I've always loved hitting fungos, and so – yeah, uh, they reap the benefits of that because I can go forever. Um, and it's fun. It's, it's just so much fun to have elite athletes. I remember when I was when I um, had the Olympic team and we were practicing here in Tucson in the mornings and then I would have the uh, my college team in the afternoons. And I, I found myself having to get my eyes adjusted because, you know, those elite Olympians, man, they make practice look so good. Yeah, And then I'd get there in the afternoon and I'd be upset all the time because they weren't quite as sharp, you know, <laughs> and as quick. So I had to kind of let my eyes adjust a little bit. But I've always loved defense. Of course, I was an infielder. So that's probably why it's the way it is. And that's yep. probably what I'll miss more than anything, to be honest with you, is practice. I love practice. I love hitting ground balls. I love hitting fungos. Um, so I guess I'll have to take it out on my golf ball now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm with you though. The thing I miss a lot, I mean, there's nothing quite like, you know, BP on a, a nice yeah. cool day, you know, with the breeze yeah. and the sun out. That, that's great. But I do, I love defense. I'm the yeah. same. I mean, I played every infield position basically in college. So I, I love it. And I, I do find myself missing that a, oh, I bet. a little bit. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. yeah. That's but. great. <laughs> But like I said, I appreciate that you focus on it. And you mentioned base running, another fundamental thing. I think sometimes we get, you know, the long ball is such a big thing now that I and feel like. Yeah, and that has yeah. changed just the, the whole approach, you know, in, in, in the early 90s, the, the game was played on the ground. Right. I mean, there wasn't a lot of home runs. We we're using an aluminum bat with white ball, with white seams. Right. You know, completely different game. And now it's all about launch angle and it's, and it's, you know, there's, there's some truth to it. Um, you don't see a lot of sack bunts anymore. 
you know, with no outs, runner at first base. Right. You know, it, it has changed. And and then if you look at Major League Baseball right now, it's like the shifts just drive me crazy. It's like <laughs> I wish they would outlaw them because they're so accurate, too. And it's right. You, you wonder why you've got this whole left side of the field open and you can't hit a ball right. that way. Right. But, but when you have the pitchers doing the same thing into the playing into the defense, it's it's like a dance anymore, you know, and it's it's tough. Right. And that's really where, I mean, uh, in baseball, I can see it because you have such a large field, you can't cover it all, so you, you have to play percentages. Right. But in softball, the, the field's so small that I think equal spacing will allow you to take care of it. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking about Caitlin Lowe. I mean, I think of her as, like, the definition of you know slapping and and in the height of slapping i know that's sort of lessened a bit but i i appreciate i know some people say it's dying i don't think it is my thing is like triple threats are not dying and they shouldn't because that is i mean i i love that i used to love drag bunning from the right side you know like add some dimension there as well but today's game does seem like it's really focused on hitting a little less small ball, but I do see elements when you're, you were playing the game this season and in recent years where you still do those fundamental things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for me inside, I'm kind of like, yes, I like to see the game being played that way still a little bit today. I love the short game. I mean, I, I think speed, speed kills, you know, and, and it puts pressure on the defense. There's a lot of things. And when I go back to, you know, I go back to the, the championships that we had a lot of times it was the eight, nine hitters, the the short gamers that really set the table and made, gave us an opportunity, you know, for that key hit. And so I'm, I'm a firm believer that a little balance between speed and power is good. Um, I, I think it's very boring to watch a team that can't steal a base and you're, they're playing base to base. Agree. But um, I think as the pitching escalates, so as you, move up into a season and you're getting into regional super regionals, the world series pitching usually escalates. Um, there's a place for the short game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it, it, it never slumps. Right. When you have speed. Well, and speed never slump. Yeah. Speed never slumps. No. Yes, exactly. And I think some people, I feel like I've heard talk recently, like when they think of short game, they only think of it as bunting yeah, and no. not sort of slapping, but that's, that doesn't seem right to me. No, yeah. no, and then you, you see the real good ones that can, you know, they can drag. It all comes off the drag bunt, but the, the, sure. the soft slap, the, the the bounce, the hard slap. I mean, there's a lot of varieties, and then a lot of deception. You know, yeah. that's one thing I learned from watching Japan is they just um, they're masters with the bat, and they'll have runners at second and third, and and they're going to slap and run just to right. score a run. Right. And. Um, it's pretty fun to see when it when it when they execute it, you know, right? Because you can't do anything about it. But great bat control, and we don't oh. play enough pepper as kids nowadays. We don't play enough catch. I mean, there's right. a lot of things that that we could be better at. Yeah, that we can get back to. I mean, not that the the game is incredibly exciting today, mm-hmm. but just you know, there are some things we can yeah. always we're always looking to improve or get back to fundamentals at times. Right. But, you know, we're talking about small ball, but I have to say, having played against Arizona, particularly in Tucson, 
<laughs> I had seen some of the farthest balls I've ever seen hit. Yeah. When we played you guys, and not just when we when I played, but even recently, some of these balls getting hit off the top of the buildings out there, past center field and the outfield. But but not only that, it's not just that. It's also to me when I watch Arizona offense. Any ball that's hit, it could even be a grounder at somebody and you're thrown out. doesn't matter. But it's always just comes off the bat so quick. It's always hit hard, I feel like. So what, what do you credit that to? Um, well, there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously a, a commitment to the weight room, <laughs> um, making your athletes stronger. Um, it's a commitment to recruiting, getting kids that have um, high bat speeds. Um, good hand-eye coordination, um, and it's a commitment to the process that, you know, we do a lot of hitting. I mean, we, we hit a lot, but but here's the thing in, in Tucson people need to realize is there's very little humidity, and the ball's going to carry. I mean, this is like, it's like pitching in Colorado for the Rockies. You don't want to pitch right. there because the ball travels so well. This is, a, the elevation here, too, is, is a little higher than people think. Right. You know, so, yeah, the ball does travel. And, and I'm a firm believer that we're going to have to look at our game and we're going to have to make some adjustments because the, the equipment and, and the ball um, definitely don't help that. Right. What can we do? Well, one thing is I think I would love to see our game with 225-foot fences mm -hmm. all the way around. I think it would be a good game. Yeah. Because it would put a premium on, on, on outfield play. You'd, you'd bring in the triple you know, the doubles, and then you'd have to hit it well to get it out. Right. Because what I don't like to see is an entire lineup and everyone can hit a ball out of the ballpark. Right. Right. And so I think a lot of that is the equipment that we are using. That's why we're bat testing all the time. Right. Um, and I don't think we've ever tried to look at the ball, whether we, we could control it with the ball. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's fun to see the home runs. Fans like it. Um, the reason why we moved them out back because all of our games were extra innings. You know, right. there were one nothing games. I remember when the leader of home runs here was like three. You right. know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, the game's changed. Some things haven't changed. Maybe we need to take a look at how we can catch up. Yeah. I think umpiring is another area. You know, we we the games has surpassed our umpiring pool. Right. And so we, I, I mean, I'm fretting right now that we don't have enough young umpires getting into the game because there's not a lot of opportunities for them. And I, well, I would agree with that. And, and you mentioned things like instant replay to giving them the resources to make the right calls yeah. because, you know, we see things played out on TV and you can, oh, we can clearly say, oh, that wasn't the right call, but they don't have that to be right. able to like take another look and make the right call, you know? Right. So I think I agree with you on that, like more yeah. investment in umpires. If we're going to invest in the sport, let's invest in every part of it. You know? And I think we need to train umpires how to call balls and strikes. Yep. You know, yeah. it would be, it would be frightening if we put a K zone up and see how bad they really are Yeah. or inconsistent. I won't say bad. There's some good ones out there. There um, are, but, but you're but right. It's not, not consistent. Enough. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's not just for the pitchers and the catchers, like for hitters too. You're like, okay, he just called that a strike. Do I, you know, that wasn't part of my plan, but right. do I need to, do I need to change that now? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree with you. I honestly, I could keep talking to you forever. 
So <laughs> well, we, we can do it again sometime down the road. Yeah. But before, yeah. before I let you go, I'll just do a wrap up with a very okay. uh, quick game that I do with everybody who, who comes on the show. It's called safer out. And basically I just bring something up and if you like it or you agree with it, you call it safe. Okay. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you call it out. Okay. Does that make sense? So speaking yeah. of umpiring, I guess I'm going to have you do a little bit of umpiring right now. Um, so the first one is giving a green light on a 3-0 count. Safer out. Safe. Safe. I like it. I wasn't. I didn't know what you were going to say, yeah. actually. Yeah. And, of course, it would depend on the hitter. Yeah. Um, but um, I think many times uh, I like that. I mean, I, I, I give the green I. In fact, they, they've got a green light unless I give them a take. So we kind of go okay. the opposite. Yeah. See, I like that because I don't – I guess something I don't like about the game is doing something just because. Right. You know, like, oh, well, we just automatically do this. and then, But, you know, things are so situational that okay. – It's situational and every hitter is different. And right. Discipline of hitters are different. Now, if I give you uh, the, the green light, you know, five times and you swing at bad pitches – Probably you're going to be getting a take, but sure, and but that's yeah. fair. <laughs> so I think I think against good pitching too. That's sometimes the best pitch you're going to see. Right, exactly, so. exactly. It seems seems like it would it would just hurt to to miss that opportunity right. if you could. Okay, cool. I like that answer. Okay. <laughs> um, second one is giving your you know middle of the order hitters the sacrifice bunt versus letting them hit away. Less than two outs. Um, Safer out. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, I, I probably um, it, it would be very rare that I have a three, four, or five hitter laying down a sacrifice bunt. Yep. But it could happen, so we're going to prepare that they can bunt. Right. Yeah. They have to. Well, yes, of course, they have it to be happen. able to do it. But I like. I think that's one thing that's changed back in the early days. If we leadoff hitter got on, we would be bunting. Right, almost. Now yeah, the I number don't. number two hitter in general has is very different. You know, when you got Bailey Hemphill, yeah, hitting number two. I mean, it's very mm -hmm. different than what what it used or to. Or we be. had Palomino leading off for a few years. Yep, exactly. So that that's yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, cool. All right, last one for you yeah. is bat flips safer out. Out. Had a feeling. <laughs> You're the you handshake. You do handshakes, right? When they're coming uh, around third, it's the handshake. Yeah, you have to honor the game. I don't know. I, I'm. That's probably me, in the way I played the game. Um, you did your bat. You're you're talking with the bat and the glove. Um, but at the end of the day, you honor the game, and there's a right way to play the game. And there's I never want to show up anyone. Um, the difference in softball and baseball, if you in baseball, you show someone up, you're probably going to get a ball in your ear. And uh, in softball, you don't see that, you know. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. pitchers aren't hitting. So, True. no, I, I think that's probably just my demeanor is I, 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 I want to be classy at what I yeah. do. And I think a bat flip, depending on how you do it, I mean, depending on the moment. Right. Um, if you're not showing someone up, I don't really care. Yeah. But if you're going to show someone up, not good. No, I completely agree. It wasn't my, like, the most I would do when I hit a home run was, like, maybe a fist pump. You know, <laughs> it just wasn't yeah. my. Well, my, that's okay. That's personality. 
I mean, um, you remember when the Dodgers and um, Kurt Gibson hit that home run, he's going around the bases kind of land. <laughs> I thought that was a classy moment, you know I mean? But that was a game winner. Right. You know, World Series. It's a little different emotions than when you, you know, you're in the second game of a conference series. And right. I think and that stuff like, will come back to haunt you. Right. The game knows. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach. I, I have to say um, so many people also were talking about how you've indirectly impacted a lot of people as well. And I just want to tell you that I would count myself among that group as somebody who watched Team USA play in the Olympics growing up to playing against you at Stanford and now even covering some of your games in the past couple of years with Pac-12, you know, I've definitely learned a ton just from observing you, let alone talking to you now. So thank you for everything you've done for the game and will continue to do because I know you're not totally done yet. Nope, nope. Nope, it's, it's been an honor. So I appreciate that and that means a lot to me. What an opportunity to chat with Coach Candrea and pick his brain. I'm just super grateful that during this crazy transition of his, that he took the time to chat. I mean, it seems like just another example of his investment in the sport and in helping people and making an impact, big or small, any way that he can. I do think that's the thing about softball too. So many people I talk to are so willing and eager to help grow the game that we love and support women. And I do think it's special. I really do. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about learning. I really think I'm a believer that the reason that we have times in our lives where we feel stuck, we all have it. We know what I'm talking about. It's usually because we've stopped learning in some way, shape or form. There's not a whole lot that's more frustrating than not feeling like you're making progress. And this applies to anything. And I think, you know, we might all feel stressed and sort of fantasize about just staying in bed all day, relaxing, watching Netflix. I mean, I know I do. And we do all need downtime. Sometimes that can be good for us. But the fact is that the more idle we are, the more we struggle. So after all the time that Mike Andrea has honed his craft as a coach, a mentor, a leader, he still considers himself a student of the game. And he talks about wanting to continue to learn still after over 40 years of coaching. <laughs> so that's proof that there's always room for learning and it's a lifelong thing. And that's not something to be depressed about. It's not like, oh, we're shooting for becoming an expert and just reaching the pinnacle and not having anything else to learn. No, we're really not. That's when we get bored and that's when we get a little bit stagnant. This is a lifelong thing. And when you discover something that you're passionate about, like softball, it makes it easy and natural to want to seek out more learning. There are so many different elements from physical mechanics to teaching to leadership to life lessons, so many different things that it would take a lifetime to learn everything and it would be worth it. And that's where fulfillment comes in. Continuing to discover and understand new things. That's where it comes from. So find all your passions, softball or not, and always be learning. So that's it. Be a lifelong student. That's the foul tip of the week.
You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. And you can watch the videos on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review, share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Again, at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can always, always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBacera01 and Instagram at JennaBacera as well. Thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.